0: The three words that God put in my heart for you today is restore the joy. Restore the joy. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phone app, go ahead and pull up Matthew 13, 22. Yeah, come on. We're excited about the word. Already joy being restored. Just open up our Bible. But, you know, this passage is not the typical joy uh, passage as powerful as um, the joy of the Lord is our strength, um, as powerful as all the famous joy scriptures are. This is normally not the first one that you turn to um, when you're wanting to know how to restore the joy. But this is the passage that God led me to when it came to your, your joy, my joy, being restored. And so as I was, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation this morning, but as I, was, as I was praying, I feel like God was saying, I have given blessings, I have shown favor, I have given opportunities, and I have this life that I want my children to enjoy and find pleasure in, but they're just too busy to enjoy it. Have you ever said that before? You're like, man, I love my life, but I just feel like I'm a little too busy to enjoy it. I mean, there's so much going on that I actually don't even know what's going on anymore because there's so much going on. And I personally, I I don't want to live that way. I made up my mind, hey, we all have one life to live, whether we like it or not. We're not cats. We don't have nine lives. I don't even know if that's true. But like, we only have one life to live, right? And I want to be able to truly enjoy the things that God wants me to enjoy. I truly want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy every season. I want to enjoy even, in, even there's seasons in my life where they weren't even ideal jobs. I don't want to reserve joy just for the perfect seasons because they don't exist. I don't want to reserve my joy just for the perfect circumstances or when that desire is met or that need is met. Because if you've lived long enough, which I believe all of us have in this room, long enough to know that there's always more needs that we have. There's always more desires in our heart that we want to be fulfilled. And so whatever I have in my life, whatever is going on, whatever God is gifted me with whatever kids, whatever season, I want to live at a pace that I can enjoy it. But I have not always been like that. I mean, I've shared before, like in high school, I did I did track. Man, I'm all about the speed. You know, I got a driver's record to prove it to you that I like the speed. You know, I like to be able, what's the fastest route there? And you know what? I married someone just like it. <laughs> we both have to have patience have its perfect work in our life. <laughs> We like progress. We like speed. And, you know, honestly, motherhood, just having a lot of children, just you can't do both. (laughs) Like, you can't go super fast. Um, without making them feel like a complete failure for slowing them down. Um, you, can't, you can't go fast and enjoy, I can't go fast and enjoy the season of life I am right now. I have to live with open hands of every single thing. That's why actually I'm a committed person, but it's actually really hard for me to commit to anything right now because I feel really like non-reliable. Um, just things happen, things happen. Like yesterday, happy Mother's Day to me, Saturday day, um, Liam goes up, and he finds the little, not walkie-talkie, but it's basically walkie-talkie to him, the little monitor, and he's like, Mom, because I said, go get Ellie, and he was like, Mom, we have an emergency, (laughs) he was like, Ellie pooped all over her bed, and she took off her diaper, and it's everywhere, and I was just like, yeah, happy Mother's Day to me, my plans, out the window, Um, anyways, and then I mean, just things happen, so I just have to, like, speed and enjoying my season just doesn't really uh, exist. And the reality is, it's not just motherhood. The reality is, there's a lot of us, the ability to enjoy our life and the seasons that God has us in has a lot to do with the pace in which we live it. Like, I love the highway, right? I love the tolls. I love the Pike Pass. Thank God for the Pike Pass in Oklahoma. I love that. But our life, we're not always supposed to be on the highway, There's moments and there's seasons, like there's a rhythm to moments on the highway and there's a rhythm of like going slow just on Riverside and enjoying the scenery and the landscape of the gathering place. You know, like there's rhythms. Our life should have rhythms of, of, of times where it's fast, rhythms of times when it's slow. And I think that's good. I think it keeps us balanced. But what's important is that we we need to know our season, that, that we need to know the pace in which we should live because otherwise we're completely out of God's grace. And then what happens is we blame it on the circumstances or we blame it on the family we blame it on the job for our life being out of whack and not being able to enjoy it. But the reality is it's our fault because we haven't pulled over to decide, is this the pace in which I want to live? Have I actually allowed myself to stop and smell the roses and enjoy the gifts and multiply the gifts and be fruitful with the time in this life that God has given us? Someone said it. I can't remember who said it, but they said that that busyness, if the devil can't get you to sin, he'll get you to be busy and you can't focus on anything. And so we go to Matthew 13, 22. This is Jesus' words. He's teaching his, He's teaching people. He's in a boat. A lot of people are gathered, and this is one of his big principles, and he uses stories in the Bible. He uses stories in the Bible, he, earthly stories, to reveal heavenly truths, things that really matter, things that are going to help you build a solid relationship with Jesus and live a fruitful life. And some of us are familiar with Matthew 13, but it's all about the seed and the sower. It's all about the sower sowing the seeds and how, how all the seeds were the same, but the different soils were the variable. The different soils was what was the difference. And the, it was the soil that determined the harvest of the seed. All the seed was the same, but the soil is what produced the harvest. The soil meaning the soil of our heart the condition you could replace soil with soul the condition of our soul determined the harvest and i want to focus on one element of this one of the soils not all of them but one of the soils in matthew 13:22 it says the one among thorns represents one who receives the message so, I'm talking about the thorny soil right here. The seed sown among weeds, the thorns, represents the person who receives the message. But all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth, the con- ambition's not bad, but the constant, all consuming desire for wealth and more results in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. Jesus is saying, if we live busy and we're consumed by life's distractions, the good and the bad, we will suffocate what God wants to do. That no matter how powerful the word is, there's nothing wrong with the seed of his word. There's nothing wrong with Pastor Paul's sermons. We know that because he's the best preacher out there. Like, we know that. There's nothing wrong with the word, it's the soil of our heart. It's some of us live our life so busy and distracted that it suffocates and it divides our heart in so many different directions that it suffocates the seed of God's word. There is simply, basically put, like when we live a life that is too full of clutter, too full of things, the good and the bad, We can do a lot, I mean, it's not even saying of life, it's just like we have to, we provide for our family, like there's cares and worries and concerns that come with providing for family and knowing direction, but how easy it is to become distracted by even all the good things. So simply there's just no room for space for the seeds of his word to grow because of an over cluttered life. And I want to put this out there today that I think there are people listening to this today whose joy is being suffocated and stunted because of a too hurried, too distracted, too addicted to accomplishments of a lifestyle. That the joy that God wants you to experience is not based on perfect conditions and every prayer being met. Could it be because your life is too cluttered? Could it be because you're too distracted? Could it be because of your overwhelming desire for the accumulation of more? Jesus says it right here, busy distractions, and because of all the distractions, our heart is divided, resulting in suffocating his fruit. That he wants to produce. When we follow after Christ, fruit is meant to be produced out of it. But we can't do that if, if the seeds are constantly being sown on thorny ground. There's simply no room and no space for the seed to grow. And so the thorny soil represents being distracted by the cares, the worries, just the pressure and responsibilities of life. It can become all-consuming. Again, there's no time to enjoy and be truly fruitful in anything because we're trying to do everything. Has anybody been there before where you're like trying to do everything but you actually feel like you're doing nothing because you're trying to do everything? Nobody, as much as we want to maybe be Superman and Superwoman, like, that doesn't exist. You know, there's, 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 there's limits to our life. There's margin. There's boundaries to our life that actually God wants to put in place in our life. Why? So his seeds can grow. So as seeds can grow in our life so we can truly enjoy. This decluttering message is, and this let go of busy message, I'm not implying that you need to quit your job. I'm not saying go get rid of a kid. I'm not saying like you got to tell everyone no, tell every, to just give everything up, to give up on your goals, rip up your goal list. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I mean... Unless God is leading you to change your schedule and your life. I don't think he's leading you to get rid of a kid. That was just in there for funny. Um, But what I am asking you to do is to be intentional about creating some space in your schedule to sort through your cluttered soul. What I am asking us to do is to put our soul on the calendar. Because that's important. And the things that make it to your calendar are important to you. We create space for things in our life that we truly believe matter and creating space to evaluate if what we are doing and how we are doing it is actually pleasing to God. Or have we filled our lives with so much stuff of the desire for more that we're actually now spending our time and energy on things that are not reserved for this season, are we just trying to accomplish and force everything in this season? Ecclesiastic says there's a time for everything under the sun. Do you know what this time in your life is reserved for? Because I don't want to, and I don't want to, and I know a lot of you in this room and those who are watching the message, like you don't want to force, you don't want to rush, what God has for you in your life, everything good. One reason why it's beautiful when God adds things to our life is because it's beautiful in his timing. It's beautiful in his timing. When we think about, we heard the story of Mary and Martha and Luke 10 and both of these women, I believe both of these women were preparing for Jesus' arrival. Both of these, even and I I do think Martha probably felt the responsibility even more than Mary because it was her house. I mean, you just feel that weight and responsibility. Come into my house, I'm responsible for this mess. But it was Mary, as soon as Jesus came in, it was Mary that recognized what mattered the most in the moment to Jesus. The mess mattered the most to Martha. But the mess didn't matter the most. Having it all together didn't matter the most to Jesus. Mary knew to recognize what the moment was for. And I don't, I don't think it was bad. I used to look at this scripture and be like, why is everybody dogging on Martha? We gotta work. <laughs> like, We gotta do things. As a task-oriented person, God has had to reset my default, like I said before, but as a task-motivated person, and it's still there. If there's a job to do, if I am caring about your feelings as we are accomplishing the goal, it is the Lord at work. Because normally I am like let's get the job done and cry about it or laugh about it or deal with your life later. Like let's get the job done first. I mean honestly, that's my that's my go-to. But the Lord works and I've surrendered my personality and desires and wants to Jesus and my preferences because otherwise if you do that there's a lot more counseling after it because you make a lot of people cry in the process. <laughs> and then you don't have any friends, and you definitely wouldn't want a pastor like that. Anyways, but so it wasn't bad that, that Martha was working for Jesus and serving and serving Jesus, but it was because she was serving to much. She was too distracted, too distracted by all these other things that led her to missing what mattered the most. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Jesus was calling her out in compassion, not condemnation. Today, Jesus is calling you out of your cluttered, busy, distracted life, not out of condemnation, but out of compassion, and he says hey I love that I love what you're I love what you're doing I, I mean responsibility you can't get rid of your responsibility your desire to care for and take care and and these things that that are in your heart to to accomplish and working hard and giving your best it's good but not at the expense of losing point of what matters the most and Jesus was very clear that what mattered the most was sitting at the feet of Jesus and sitting at the feet of Jesus was not just locking, like when I would hear that too, I, again, I, in the past I'd be like, okay, what does he want us to do? Just sit there, you know, crisscross or like, I can't do that right now, I may not be able to get up. But like, go to a prayer room, lock us in, like just sit there and receive and, and, and have... All these moments with God, again, I would, I would have a disdain toward it. I'd be like, then who's doing the work? <laughs> you know, that's what I think. And honestly, God, he would challenge me and he would say, you know what? You need both. We need to know when it's Martha moments and when it's Mary moments. We need to know when it's time to work and when it's time to pull aside and sit at the feet of Jesus. We need to be able to do both. What does it mean to sit at the feet of Jesus? You know, it takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes a lot of trust in God to be able to sit and to actually do nothing. Anybody out there, like, if I did nothing, like, I fear being lazy. <laughs> I fear being lazy and unproductive. So if I'm sitting there and doing nothing, I'm like, I can't sit here. I'm being lazy. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And I feel like God, as, as when, I, when I sit at the feet of Jesus, he teaches me when I, when, I, when I look and see what God's plan and God's word and God's will is for my life, when I, when I pull aside from all my work and I come back and I check with Jesus, Jesus, am I still making the main thing the main thing? Because how many of us start on a journey and we desire to please God and we desire to go after God, and it's and it's for the right reasons and the right motives, but because we're stuck in Martha mode and we haven't made it to Mary, it actually becomes destructive and it's all about building our own identity. It's all about hustling and crossing things off the to-do list to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Our identity is in all that we can accomplish instead of who we are in Jesus. And we just get frustrated. And we get frustrated at the Marys actually who are sitting at the feet of Jesus, mad at them and resenting them for not pulling their load. And it's really because we have not taken time to sit at the feet of Jesus. We need to be able to do both, Martha and Mary, to be able to, see, what does it mean to sit at the feet of Jesus? It takes surrender. It takes surrender to know, to pull aside and say, God, you're my provider, me sitting here, I know my family needs this. I know my bills need to get paid. I know this desire is in our heart, and I know we can go do this and do that, but sitting at the feet of Jesus and rendering and, say, and being still and knowing that he is God, take self-discipline and surrender to say, God, you're my provider. I trust you that even when I'm not doing anything in this moment, it's not a permission to be, to be lazy. I'm not being lazy doing nothing. I'm sitting and I'm trusting that even when I'm doing nothing, you are are working. It reminds us to be still and know that I am God. To allow God to speak into every area of our life, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and show us areas in our life that truly need growth, that truly need healing, Sitting at the feet of Jesus when you walk through a hurt or where you walk through a disappointment or someone leaves or you feel rejected and instead of working to attain and to go get more and filling our lives up with busyness just to just to numb the pain, just to get rid and not think about anybody else like just kind of have been there where you just get busy because it's easier to get busy and to do than to actually sit and think about the situation to actually process, but it's actually coming back and sitting at the feet of Jesus when we walk through things for him to speak and say, you know what, you need some healing. You need some healing. There's some aftermath that needs to be dealt with. That season, that moment, that conversation. You know why we need to sit at the feet of Jesus? Because when we sit at the feet of Jesus, when you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, when you're looking, when you're when you're looking in the mirror of his word, when you're reading his plans and purposes, you, you're doing is sitting at the feet of truth. Where therefore any lie that you have been believing is actually exposed in that moment. Lord, forgive us for being so caught up in Martha moments and doing things for you and doing all these things that we need to do and all these accomplishments and pursuing the dreams and fulfilling the desires and going after Jesus and saving the world. But forgive us, Lord, for not coming at the feet of Jesus and realigning our mission and our purpose and our identity with him. I want to check back in. It's just checking back in with Jesus. It's coming back and saying, God, is what I'm doing still aligned with the purpose for this season and right now? Because I'm telling you, I'm talking again, I'm talking about his desire is for you to enjoy your life. His desire is for you, the things that he is adding to you. How many of us we pray for answered prayers, but then months later, we're complaining about those answered prayers. It's because we got stuck. We're like, God, you answered my prayers. I got it. Now we kick into Martha mode. And then we don't come back and come back to the Mary mode. That honestly, like, I don't know if you're encouraged as much as I am, but I'm so thankful that God gives me permission to do both. (laughs) That I don't have to be stuck in Martha or stuck in Mary, that God gives me permission to do both. Creating this space teaches us to do both sitting with Jesus and serving Jesus. When the pace of my life is always fast and furious, it's really hard to stay surrendered. It's really hard to live my life with open hands because I'm living at a place that it's too, it takes too much and it's too hard to sit me down. And when I find myself too cluttered and too hurried, too weighed down by the concerns of life, too stressed out, too distracted by other people's lives, I constantly question the fruitfulness of my season When I have so much going on, and I don't know what matters the most, and everything's a priority, it's really hard for me to feel like I'm being fruitful. But doesn't Matthew 13 confirm that? He actually says, you're going to suffocate your growth. You are going to suffocate the harvest. You are going to forfeit the harvest of my intention of the seed because of your busy life. So if you're questioning your productivity if you're questioning the fruitfulness of your life if you're questioning the constant feeling constantly divided in all these different places I mean the Bible says like that I think that's good to question that You're questioning it out of a desire to bear fruit right And so we come back here and said, this will not happen. You will. Thorny ground is made up of busy distractions. You will suffocate the kingdom message. And fruit will be prevented. So I think it's really important that we create space to declutter our life. I think it's really important that we take time to create space to know what really matters the most. To really be able to name and know the season. And honestly, for me and my season right now, personally, I do this on a daily and constant basis. Right now, I, I, would, I would be doing, and I'm gonna get into, actually, I'll get ahead of myself, but I'm gonna go into what actually overclutters our soul. What, what, what are things that overclutters, just automatically overclutters our soul? I'll tell you things that overclutter my soul. And when I mean overclutter my soul, I mean busy my schedule. I mean divide my heart, my ambition for more. Like ambition is not bad, but not at the expense of displeasing God and not making the most with what he has given us. But in my life, what overclutters my soul and makes me so distracted and distorted on what really matters the most, one of those is the fear of man. If you wanna clutter up your schedule with all sorts of stuff, if you wanna live a cluttered life, live your life based on what what people think all the time. What's accepted to society? That'll, That'll clutter your life. Well, what does society say I should be doing right now? Based on this age and this season of my life, what does society say I should be doing right now? Jesus was concerned with pleasing and honoring the Father. That set the pace. That set his schedule. He was clear on that thing. But if I'm constantly concerned about what I'm doing, does it look acceptable to man? Does it look acceptable to other people? Does it meet society's standards? If that is going to be the way that I build my life, that is going to fastly suffocate joy and everything else that God wants to produce through my life. Because I'm so confused because I don't know what God is saying because I'm so concerned about what other people think and their validation. Another thing that clutters my soul is, is honest, that can clutter my soul is my own passions. Like I love passion. I'm a passionate person. I love passions, but and, and God, I believe passion is a gift from God. We need passion in our life. But if we spend our whole life chasing everything that we're passionate about, we're gonna be all over the place. Because we're we're just chasing, it's just cluttering our soul with what feels good and what makes me, I want man. God desires us to be fully alive. He put passions in our heart for a reason. But can I tell you right now, In my current season, if I chased every passion, who would raise my kids? (laughs) Who would raise my kids? If I played tennis every time I wanted to play tennis, if I was at church every time I wanted to uh, play church, one, we were transitioning um, transitioning with admin assistants. This was a few years ago. And so I I needed to beef up on the... um, it was longer than a few years ago, but I need to beef up on the sitters uh, throughout the week because I needed to be available over here in the church in that moment. And I, oh man, I started going to these meetings and I was there, and I remember thinking, yep, this is easier. <laughs> I was thinking, this is where my real passion and fruitfulness lies saving lives you know, and, and helping and hustling and, and all those types of things. I mean, yes, it was, it was good that I, was res, that I recognized, though, where my presence mattered the most in this current season. But I wouldn't know unless I, I didn't have a clear vision, if I didn't create space. And it takes a lot to create space. And I'm not saying as much as we wanna just flee to the ocean every week to create space and hear from God, we can't. We just have to figure it out in our daily lives. Sometimes there's multiple times where I've gone to other people. They have the kids that I admire. They, they, they're the moms that I admire. And sometimes I tell them, you know what? I am so confused on what matters the most right now. Why don't you tell me? Because I'm in a season (laughs) where um, it's a little confusing and really loud. So um, can you help get me on the right path? And if I was just gonna go, like, again, God doesn't want us to lose our passion, but we need to evaluate what passions are reserved for this season. Because otherwise our life is so full and pursuing our passions. And find that that there's things that are being sacrificed because of them. Things that are not meant to be sacrificed. Like our families. Like our health. Like our personal sanity. Like our joy. You know, again, I remember when... Um, I remember first talking to somebody, and I had an opinion about stuff, which happens frequently here at the church, and, and, I, and they asked me an opinion, and I was like, and I got really passionate about it, and they were like, oh, I didn't know you were passionate about this, and I was like, let me tell you, I'm passionate about everything we're doing at the church. It doesn't take a lot for me to get passionate. But I can't follow like I remember, like I am passionate about mission strips and I will never forget the very first mission strip that I had to stay home because I had a newborn baby and it just wasn't time for me to do that. There's different, there's different seasons, there's different passions reserved for different seasons. And again, there's outlet for passions and that's important, but that can't, if you live to fill and pursue all your passions, you're going to overclutter your life. Because our goal, again, is to please God. I mean moms, again, I'm staying on this because moms, it's Mother's Day, like you get this. (laughs) You get this a lot. Sacrificing and adjusting so many different things so that you could be available, putting some things on the shelf so that you can be available to serve your family. Do you ever get tired of giving your, your worst to the people that really need you the most? That's a result of a cluttered soul. That's a result of a divided heart. And a, a, a three, a, a all-consuming desire for more. The battle of contentment is real. It's such a, it's walking, it's its walking such a tight rope of, of the balance, the, of desiring more and, and seeing more come to pass in your life. And then, and then trying to be content with where God is, with what God has, with what God has brought to be content in the season. It can be all consuming. Proverbs 23, four says, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Stop dwelling on it. God desires us to prosper, but it's not meant to be all-consuming in our mind to where if the desire for more is in the driver's seat of our life, that's the way we're gonna build our life. That's the way that we're gonna make decisions, is to accumulate and to accomplish more. Another thing that really vastly clutters my life, overclutters my soul, gets me distracted, is being so consumed with what other people are doing. How many times do I question, do you question what you're doing when you start looking and dwelling and being so consumed with what other people are doing? Well, maybe I should do that. I remember when I first was preparing to run, and I was, re- I was really basing how fast and my speed to run based on how fast everybody else was running in the gym. And you know what I ended up doing? I ended up really hurting my um, IT band and I had to take a long break from running because I was trying to run at a pace that other people were at, but I thought I was doing something wrong and I wanted to keep up with them, but in reality, I actually hurt myself. How many of us question and lose our peace and lose our joy because we're so distracted and consumed with what other people are doing? If you looked at your life and your calendar, how much of it is looking at other people's life and how much of it is making the most of what God has given you? Another thing is fear. You know fear will overclutter and distract your life? Fear of running out? Fear of not having enough? Well, I don't wanna run out. I accomplished this goal and now I gotta sustain it. I got this, now I need to keep it. Fear of running out. Perfect love casts out all fear, but you wouldn't know that unless you take time to go into merry mode and sit at the feet of Jesus. Fear of missing out is huge. Man, if I lived my life, the fear of, like, I love being a part of memories. I love being, you want to be at everything. You want to be a part of it all. But if I let fear of missing out determine what goes on my schedule, my calendar, my mind, it's all consuming. I am going to be so decluttered, and I'm not going to know. I'm going to be so cluttered, and I'm not going to know what matters the most. Again, we're talking about restoring your joy. It's not the outward circumstance. It's not someone else's job. God is just saying, "Hey, could you be missing out on joy because your life is just too busy? Could you be missing out on a life fulfilling, uh, energizing, refreshing relationship with Jesus Christ because your life is too busy?" Another thing that that really has that will, will clutter my soul really fast is the need to prove. The need to prove that I can do it. Sure, I might be able to, I might be able to do that, but I, 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 I'm gonna resist the need to prove to you or to myself. What I wanna prove is to prove to God that I know how to please him. And that means knowing and being able to identify what matters the most to him right now. Every single one of us are in a season. Every single one of us have a, are in a moment in our life. Do you know what it's supposed to be reserved for right now? Or are you too distracted by the timelines of other people and the own longings of your own heart? God wants to fulfill the longings of your own heart, but it's not meant to be all-consuming. And that is so hard. Can I just say that is so real? Like The things that are unfinished and uncompleted in your heart Have you ever lived in a house with uncompleted projects? (laughs) It is so easy for it to be all-consuming and to actually enjoy the space that God has given you. But man, I can't reserve my joy and reserve my satisfaction and contentment just for when everything's completed because that's never gonna happen. It's never going to happen. A perfect season and a perfect circumstances, Ecclesiastes says perfect perfect conditions never happen. You're just waiting for perfection. Instead, decide that you're gonna know how to navigate imperfections well. You're gonna know how to love imperfect people well. You're gonna know how to love the non-ideal situations well. When I spread my life before God, what brings the greatest peace is knowing that I'm pleasing God with where he has me right now. Do I know what's important in my life or is everything equally important? Because I want to be fruitful. I want you to be fruitful. Where God has led you and the accomplishments even that you are accomplishing and the things what sometimes just breaks my heart in my own life and in your life is when when you wanna win and you wanna succeed and, and prayers are answered but you're too busy to actually give God the praise and just sit in the goodness of God. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is also dwelling on the goodness of God. And in doing that you find joy and contentment with where and gratitude for where he has brought you. Jesus's joy was found by pleasing God knowing god's will for his life and doing god's will for his life right now find joy in where you are right now a lot of contentment can be found in knowing you are pleasing god jesus found joy even in the toughest circumstances because he knew he was pleasing his father And there's some of you in this room that's like, man, pleasing my father, I don't even know because I'm in this situation or I'm in this circumstance that I I, I honestly, I'm here and whether I put myself here or other people put me here, how do I I know that I'm pleasing God with with where God has brought me right now? You know what always encourages me? Because some situations you are there because you put yourself there. Some situations you are there because it's just uncontrollables of life. So what's the hope? What's the hope for you? In Proverbs 16, 3, it says, entrust your works to the Lord. Whatever you are doing right now, you can commit it to God at any time. You can commit whatever you are doing, whatever season, whatever job, whatever role, whatever position, if you can entrust it to the Lord and if you can commit it to God, it says He will cause your plans to be achieved. He will cause success. He will make your plans established. That is good news. And that out of a result of committing whatever I am doing to God, that it produces an attitude, a desire to want to please him. I feel like that's so encouraging because it puts us all at the same starting line. If you follow G, if you haven't given your life to Christ or if you've given your life to Christ, you're like, God, well, do I need to go take time? Do I need to go find myself a rocking chair and hear from God to know exactly where God is speaking and how I need to go? I mean, do I quit my job now and you're, and you're in this moment of uncertainty? I'm telling you the truth of Proverbs 16.3 puts you back in a place of certainty. That no matter what I'm doing, I can commit it to God right now that I can surrender my ambition, that I can surrender my, my heart, that I can surrender my schedule and my pace and then allow him to adjust it. But like I said, it's very hard to stay surrendered when we're constantly in a hurry. And I don't want all of us to just stand up and, and bow our heads and close our eyes and I believe there are people in here in this room that that your soul is not at rest because you have not dis- you have not given your life to Jesus there's restlessness it's busy and distracted a divided heart with the things of the world and the things of God because you have not truly surrendered your life to Christ and today is your day and with every head bowed and every eye I close. Can you um, raise your hand if that's you, if you have not given your life to Christ and today you said, I want to know that I'm pleasing the Father. I want to know where I'm going to spend eternity. I want to give my life to Jesus today. If that's you, can you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Is there anybody in here that wants to give their life to Christ? It's between you and Jesus. Or you walked away from the Lord and you say, I'm coming home. I'm coming back. Thank you. Or maybe you're in here today and you recognize that you're in a Martha moment. You're distracted by many things. There's so many things troubling your heart. There's so many things weighing you down and you need help from Jesus to declutter your life. You need help from the Holy Spirit to sort through all the distractions. And you need to get back to the most important things in your life. You've allowed your your soul to become cluttered. It's so loud, it's so noisy, it's so fast that you've lost focus of what matters the most and you need help from Jesus to know. If you're here, can you raise your hand? I saw hands already going up. Thank you so much. God honors, God honors your humility. And I'm gonna pray for every person here who's raised, who's raised their hand today. And, but those who are needing salvation, can we just all join um, with them on this prayer? Can we say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead, and I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior, in Jesus' name. And I pray right now, God, for every person here, God, that needs help decluttering their soul, that needs help sorting out their life. God, I ask you to that as a result of their humility today, bringing forth their life, their jobs, their opportunities, their families, God, the t- their time on this earth, God, that you honor their humility by restoring their joy. God, I thank you that you you help them surrender to the merry moment right now as we sit at the feet of Jesus and we say, God, we give it back to you. We give our desires, our goals, our ambitions, and we say, are we pleasing to you right now? I thank you, Jesus, that you are, that you're not calling us out of condemnation. You're not calling anyone a failure. God, you're calling us out of compassion and saying, I want you to experience the fullness of my joy. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.